Hi, I'm Cormac. And I'm Stuart, and welcome back to Console Chronicles. This week, join us as we bring you the latest gaming news, followed by our initial views of Starfield, before we dissect today's surprise Nintendo Direct and Sony's State of Play showcases. That's right, and as usual, we'll round things out with some sales of the week. But first, before we jump into things... How's your week going, Cormac? It's good. It's good. We kind of had, it was really busy and I was finding it tough to get time for podcasts and stuff, but I'm going to back in the normal and I'm really excited to kind of like just keep going and get back at this because there's so much has happened in the past couple of weeks and I'm like completely overwhelmed. So a little bit of a slowdown is a, a nice change of pace. I know. I feel like Christmas this year is like everything's just going to be quiet in the world of gaming and it's going to be like just like so welcome by the time we get there. Lad, it's September. You're not allowed to talk about Christmas yet. I'm going to have to put in like a hard rule, hard and fast rule on that, that you're not allowed to bring it up until like after Easter or not Easter. <laughs> Halloween even. Oh, God, that's true. That's true. Here, do you want to hear a fun fact? Go on. This is our 10th episode. Technically 11, but 10th episode. Ouch. That does. That's come around quick. <laughs> I feel like if I 10th episode, I thought I'd know what I'm doing a bit more. So um, that hurts because I really haven't figured a whole lot of things out. But I did check the, um, what's it called, the, the statistics or the analytics. Someone listened to our episodes in Japan. So whoever you are, hello. Hello. I don't know who you are, but that's pretty cool. Unless you're using a VPN, which is really annoying. But I hope not. Don't use VPNs <laughs> to make us think we're growing, guys. That's, yeah. that's uncalled for. But welcome all newcomers and thank you for joining us, all existing listeners. I think we should bring them the news now. Uh, yeah, go on. Let's get the gaming news instead of my news, because my news is boring. That's fair. That's fair. I'm doing well as well. Thanks for asking. No, no, no one cares. No, it's fine. <laughs> you only get to find out what's <laughs> happening in one of our lives a week. This is my week. You can have next week. This is like custody of kids. You can get it next week. <laughs> custody of my news. Yeah. So let's kick things off with the news. And first up, we got news of X Defiant. You remember that game? Yeah. Yeah? No? No. no. He's shaking his head. No. X Defiant was the FPS shooter game that was developed by Ubisoft. It had two oh, betas this year. Yeah, that. we played it together. Yeah. 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 That's pretty, it was pretty good. It was pretty good, right? It was pretty good. It was a nice arcade FPS. So... Fun news, the game has been delayed. Shocker. And do you want to hear why? Go on. It's because it didn't pass its submissions with Sony or Xbox. What's a submission exactly? You've lost me. That's a great question. So uh, basically, submission is when gaming developers provide a copy of their game to the manufacturers so that they can rigorously test it out in their environment and make sure it's running the way they want it to run and utilizing the right parts of the machines and stuff like that. It's it's normally about like a two week, I think I read, like intense QA and compliance testing. Like a validation. Kind yeah, of yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's, it's to make sure two things, one, that the game is actually going to work on the console and two, that it's going to meet the minimum requirements from Sony and Microsoft to publish a game on their store. Okay, that's an interesting one. I had no idea that process was a thing. I assumed when a developer wanted to publish a, a game or app on a store, I assumed there was some kind of, some form of testing to make sure that it wasn't like a, com a complete scam or malware or didn't have content that was unsuitable for the age rating that it was provided, yeah. all that kind of stuff. But I had no idea that they... What failed it? What did it fail for? Uh, they didn't 
mention it exactly. Um, so Mark Rubin, who's he used to be the head of Infinity Ward. He's the hmm. head of I want to say the team making next defined. Um, but basically came out big statement on on the website and said that they got the results back mid August and basically it just did not pass. And he he went on to say, had it passed, it were they were planning to ship it out in the end of August and. Right now, it's kind of still up in the air, basically saying it doesn't have a release date and he's not going to put a estimated date of release on it. Just letting everyone know they're going to resubmit for testing in September and aim for a mid to end of September to mid to end of October release. That's a lot. Okay, so no real why, but you know what? I'll put it out there. If it failed for both, did you say it was Xbox and... Um, Sony, is that right? Mm-hmm. So, yep. If it failed on both, I guess both of them, yeah. I'd like to say maybe thank you to Sony and Microsoft as well, because clearly there's systems in play to try and protect from either dangerous games or substandard games landing on stores, and I'd say it's more likely to do it dangerous and non-compliant with laws and regulations and stuff like that that's nice to know like that it's not just sending out there regardless of the quality because we 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 beat on you know beta games and unfinished games quite often but it's i don't know it's nice to see a game being stopped just because you're a big title doesn't mean you get any exceptions exactly exactly but you know fingers crossed they get a pass soon and we get our hands on the game yeah in a, in a safe and stable manner in a safe and stable manner it is a free-to-play game guys so do keep your ears peeled and we will bring you the latest news as soon as the release date is confirmed moving on and oh this one so there was a new policy from unity that came out a day a day ago at the time of recording. And basically, they've come out and said that any developers who have developed a game using Unity's game engine will incur a small fee every time somebody downloads that game. That's bullshit, man. Mm -hmm. And I like that. I have worked with Unity before, just in previous college courses and stuff like that. I know it's quite commonly used for game devs and especially more so in like indie markets and stuff like that, that it's it's more accessible, it's more comprehensive yeah. than trying to build your own engine or anything like that. And now they're going to charge people just to download the game. But they're not charging people, they're charging the developers. Mm-hmm. Which means games that were free can no longer afford to be free. Exactly. Someone gave a great example on Twitter. And basically, they broke down to say, if you released a game that was a freemium game, and if it had 2.5 million installs, and then it made $200,000 by in-app purchases. Mm. You would owe Unity two cent times 2.5 million installs. You'd owe them, it worked out like $550,000. And the game only made you 200. So you'd actually lose $300,000 to Unity for making a game on their engine. That's just not something that you're going to be able to get away with. I'll give you a laugh here. So, so the CEO of Unity, his name is John Riccatello. Basically, he used to be the president of EA or he is the president of EA. And he's the one that introduced microtransactions into FIFA and loot boxes into FIFA back in 2006. 
Okay. And last year, he said that any developers who don't focus on microtransactions are, quote, the biggest fucking idiots in the world. And only when there was massive outroar was he forced to apologize. Like, this guy lives and breeds to just get every bit of money he can out of the cow. So what was his last name? Oh, don't make me repeat it. I think it's Riccatello. Riccatello? Is he like the last member of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or something? <laughs> John Riccatello. He's their cousin from like upstate New York. <laughs> don't really talk to Michelangelo's him. eating the pizza. <laughs> Just being like, oh, do you know how much that pizza cost? Extra toppings, was it? That too much? Is it too much? Goddamn Domino's and their microtransactions. <laughs> <laughs> in seriousness though look I know you know some people are money oriented and I get it you need people like this to keep a, a company afloat in difficult times mm-hmm. but it's also going to put you in a situation where customers have an absolute vote no confidence in you you're making the game it's not for my enjoyment it's clearly for your money and you've made that perfectly clear and you know what it's your right to say that if that's what you want to do that's up to you that's fine but i'm not going to buy your game i already don't play the likes of fifa but that's just because i'm not a big fan of the game not necessarily down to the microtransactions but when games are heavily microtransactions no thanks you're okay. Oh yeah, 100%. And just to put into context for, for listeners who aren't familiar with like Unity and the engine, just to kind of make you aware of some of the games that are built using this engine, just so you can kind of get a gauge for the popularity. We have Fall Guys, Escape from Tarkov, Valheim, Rust, Pokemon Go, Cuphead, Beat Saber, and Cult of the Lamb. And Cult of the Lamb's developers came out and said, go buy Cult of the Lamb now while you can, because if this stays in place, we are taking the game off all digital stores January 1st, 2024. And there's a lot of developers that are saying the same thing. And you know what? That's okay. If that's what they need to do as a developer, mm-hmm. you got go and do it. And yeah. that's no disrespect to them and it's no there's no issue with it. They need to protect themselves from this kind of thing. Because if they're only barely keeping their head above water in terms of servers and keeping maintenance on the game and all that kind of stuff, they may not be making a lot of money. To turn around and say you're you know, we're gonna double or triple your current outgoings and you're not gonna get any new income, no, that's completely wrong. And like for indie game devs in particular, small teams, a game can take four, five, six, seven years to create. And the amount of like licenses you have to obtain and hours you have to put into it, you would have already invested hundreds, if not thousands of euros, dollars into this game. And then all of a sudden the engine turns around and they stipulate this new term that suddenly you have to abide by. Because you're already seven years in, you can't just turn around and say, I'm going to use a different engine. It doesn't work like that. And how many good quality games are going to just have to abandon development just because as a result of this, they won't have the money to keep the game up? That's sad. That is sad. It's very sad. It's very sad. And just for absolute specifics here, basically what will happen is with the Unity runtime fee, which is what it's called, game developers will have to pay Unity 20 cent per install once the game passes $200,000 in revenue over the last 12 months and 200000 life to date installations. So there are the specifics. There's some terms there, but it doesn't make it any better. It still makes it corrupt. And one question I have for you, Cormac, before we move away from this is if it comes down to game developers threatening to pull games, obviously the the platform manufacturers, they're not going to like this because some of the games, they're, they're quite popular games. How long do you think it takes for this installation fee to fall on the end user? Oh, instantly. 
instantly. They're gonna try, right? If you you've no option, you've no income, or whatever your current revenue streams are, don't cover this extra charge from the uh, from Unity, the engine developer. You got to get the money from somewhere, you know. And perhaps you're gonna see games show up on the store for twenty cent. And if that's the case, I can entirely understand that this game is simply covering its own development. But on top of that, now you've got you know transaction fees, all these extra things. And I don't know how Microsoft and PlayStation are gonna to react to this. Games that are being sold on their store are now being charged by to download from someone else. I don't know how you're going to do that. Yeah. If, if that's how it goes, I support the developers. And if we need to download, you know, 10 more game launchers in order to get the games, I, we'll just figure it out. As a, an industry, I don't think the developers should be left drowning that. So uh, I stand with them. We we got your back. We stand We stand in unity. <laughs> stand, no, stand on unity because it's great. <laughs> Okay, let's uh, let's shut Starfield. So, Cormac, what are your thoughts? I have some concerns, and I don't know if that's just my anticipation of the game was different than how the game was fully announced and advertised. So, some of that I'll hold that could be my misunderstanding, but it looks pretty nice. It seems to play quite well. I haven't seen or experience any kind of performance issues or anything like that. I don't know. I don't exactly have a high-end machine, and it seems okay. So in that terms, I'm pretty happy with it. In terms of the depth of the game, I haven't seen the whole game, so I can't really speak to that. But it doesn't seem to be a shallow game where I've reached kind of edges of anything just yet. But my biggest concern, and I think I mentioned it when we spoke about it at Gamescom, was I didn't want to be in a just another Bethesda game. And... I think that's maybe a misperception from my behalf. At the end of the day, it was always going to be similar to a Bethesda game. Certain mechanics may be pulled from other games, Skyrim and Fallout and that kind of stuff. But I've seen obviously the, the videos of where you can push things into like your bucket and then move them out of sight and then steal them and not get in trouble from it. And I'm like, that's just a direct rip from you can you putting stuff in buckets in Skyrim or you know, using different items to push stuff out of view they're direct mechanics from other games which i don't hate them being in there but it takes away from it feeling like a completely different game to me and that's that's one of my concerns was it doesn't feel fully individualized because it has these kind of parts that appear to be borrowed or brought through from other previous bethesda titles but that's just me i like to get away from looking at old stuff and comparing it and i wanted to see this in its own light but unfortunately some aspects have pulled me back to comparing it whether i like it or not I think that's fair. I think that's fair. It's it's one of those games where yeah, it is it is Bethesda through and through. In in every single aspect of the game, I think it's it's pretty much Bethesda. Even um there's there's a part and it's it, this isn't a spoiler or anything, but there's a part early on in the game where you get handed a watch and when I initially seen the watch, I was like, "Oh shit, here we go. It's going to be a Pip-Boy kind of rip-off." It was unfortunately, but I was just like, "I I could see it coming." Um so I, I get that. I don't know, though. I, I, I disagree. I'd kind of say, like, the good outweighs the bad. And even if it doesn't, you know, the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree, they're sticking to what they know, and they're kind of trying to change the experience that they give you along the way. And something I always felt with old Bethesda games, and it, it could be related to the year they came out and also this technology that was available and the platforms they were released on, but they always kind of looked a little bit rough. 
Like even even when I go back and play Skyrim nowadays, and even if I have uh, everything maxed out, it it looks rough and it plays it plays a little bit rough. And Starfield plays a little bit rough in terms of the weird bugs and glitches and stuff like that. Performance is is solid, but it's it looks fantastic. And even like the items, like the looting system and inventory and items, is still there as it was in all the other Bethesda games. But like the quality. And it, it all just looks so crisp, so detailed, and I can really, really appreciate that in such a large-scale game. Absolutely, and I, I think it's fair to say, look, big game, you will get bugs. You know, it, no title or AAA title that's been released nowadays doesn't come with bugs, and I understand that, and I appreciate it. But as long as they're not game-breaking, I, I'm okay with them being a little bit part of the game, too. Yeah. Sometimes they enrich the experience, but... They're not breaking the game, and that's the the main thing. I I do, I do think there is a, a room for improvement, maybe in the future in DLCs or updates with the like the the space travel and the actual ship control there's not a huge amount of depth to that but i thought there'd be more to like you can most of it's fast travel and loading screens and sometimes it's an intro it doesn't necessarily feel like you're completely in control and while i appreciate there needs to be kind of these cutbacks in order to allow for the vastness of the game no i don't think it was necessarily clear as to which parts of this open space are playable and it seems they've cut maybe a lot of empty space that would generally have been flying a ship through empty space they've cut that out probably for the player experience but it doesn't feel as open world as you in those instances in other instances absolutely it feels like you can go what you want where you want to go do what you want but for i like like playing battle for uh, battlefield i like flying planes and driving tanks and flying machinery and i like controlling vehicles and that doesn't seem to be i was looking forward to flying and it's not as big a part of the game as i had initially anticipated so that's one kind of downside but as a whole i think it is a very good game it got compared to no man's sky in a lot of ways i think it's done a hell of a lot better at launch than no man's sky did and it's easy to forget that i was drawing similarities between the gameplay but after playing it it's nothing like no man's sky the closest thing you you can get to it is is the resource mining is very similar i want to say you have like a a laser that you mine resources with very similar to no man's sky but and the cockpit looks the same of the ships that's about it the the customization that goes into the ships like i haven't properly given myself time to go into it but like it's it looks as sandboxy as kerbal space program in terms of what you can do and it just looks like a lot of fun it looks like that they've done it in a way that's pretty simple and self-intuitive and it's it's something i'll give props to to allow sandbox and allow your own customization and allow the player to make something that the developers may not have seen when creating this kind of mechanics i think that's completely underrated i'll give you a curveball actually on google the rating is actually only 3.3 out of 5 over that's over a thousand reviews i think it was 1160 or 70 something no way so according to google it's 68 according to xbox it's 70 according to steam it's 77 so it lands around the 74 75 percent positive overall give or take a few percent which is good but there's probably a lot of feedback in there that uh, the game would benefit from so it's those negative reviews are good for the game at the end of the day they're not there just to slate the game. 
I hope they help the game improve. I, I hope so too. Well, good news is the game's not going anywhere anytime soon. And we want to give everybody the opportunity to play and experience it themselves without any kind of spoilers or without us trying to dampen any views or opinions on it. So it's something that we'll definitely revisit and keep playing over the next few months ourselves anyway. So we'll, we'll kind of see where it is in time for like end of year game awards and stuff like that. I'm sure we'll see it up there. I am sure it will get up there and it will get mentions and it will get nominated because it is a good game. Let's move on to our main topic for this week's episode, uh, which is going to be the Nintendo Direct that's just come out and the surprise Sony State of Play is think what they call it. Not that I watch any of that Sony garbage anyway, but we're not going to go through everything that was released because there's so, so much going on. We've picked out a couple of our favorites that look interesting, look pretty fun and uh, maybe worth a watch or a purchase. I think some of them are nearly out at this point as well, which is crazy quick. Did you watch the entire thing? I did. I may like maybe skip the last five minutes, but yeah, I watched majority of the, of the both of them. It was exciting. It, it was like unexpected. I thought we were finished with Gamescom a few weeks ago, but yeah, there was a few good games. I really liked the look of Mario versus Donkey Kong. So it's a, it's a remaster for the Switch. It looks like it's going to be a little bit of fun. It looks like it throws back to some old gameplay and has some new innovations there as well. And they've made a co-op. It, it seems like your typical platformer game, doesn't it? Like your Mario platformer. It does seem like, and that, that's a tricky one with Mario and the likes of Mario versus Donkey Kong, Mario Maker, trying not to avoid just rinse and repeat the same formula. Mm. It doesn't look hugely different. Obviously, not having played it, I can't say, but it looks nice. It looks pretty, it looks smooth. Some of the mechanics look fun. Again, more puzzles for us to figure out in Mario, so hey, why not? But yeah, there's... You know, it's a Mario versus Donkey Kong game. What more do you need to know? You figure the rest out as you go. Exactly, exactly. Well, I tell you what more people need to know. They need to know that it's releasing February 16, 2024, and that you can pre-order it right now. Pre-order now if you're a sheep. I hate pre-ordering, but we, we won't get into that today. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to push things along. There were some interesting ones, some kind of titles that we, we've heard names of before, but one that jumped out to me, and it seems completely silly, and this is entirely just my couch co-op mind being like, that looks like a bit of fun with a few beers or something, is uh, it was Super Crazy Rhythm Castle, which reminds me of if you ever played on like your phone before. Do you remember like the Tap Tap Revenge games? <gasps> Yes. Um, where you like tap and with the, the music as it comes yeah. down the screen. Yeah. It was like Guitar Hero on your phone and it was like, oh my God, what is this? This is again another one that just, it's music based, uh, rhythm events. It just seems like a bit of fun to try and all get the same music going at the same time. There's, I think they said it was like 30 tracks or something. They said 30, yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Local versus online gameplay. So you, you can play online or just couch co-op now i don't know that i'm going to be getting online to compete with this game like professionally or anything (laughs) but it looks like it maybe has a couple hours of gameplay before you get bored of how it plays unless you're really into that so take that with it with a pitch of salt i don't know what did you think of it yeah i thought it looked fun there's a lot of music from konami games I'm not the most familiar with those type of games, so I can't say I I love the music. When you have so many multiplayer and single player games coming out, they're big AAA titles. It's always nice to kind of go back to the D&D guys and just see the fun they're creating. And for, for those who are interested, that's, I believe, out November 14th. And again, if you want to be a sheeple, you can pre-order today. <laughs> I love that. Okay, awesome. Moving on. Um... Something else that was announced, and I didn't see this coming at all, but kind of excited to see that it's coming, was Tomb Raider. One, two, three, 
all being remastered with updated graphics. Nice. Which is really nice. It looks really clean, doesn't it? It does. It does. And like, I remember one and two. I don't much remember three, so I wouldn't mind getting into that. And like, you remember that the gameplay was clunky and difficult maneuver, difficult to navigate through what were really at, at the time quite simple, straightforward puzzles. But to get the angle right, to jump in the right direction was tough. So I hope they've like smoothed that out so that you can just play through the game as it was intended to be played at the time by the developers so i'm i hope that comes in it's a, i think it's one two and three is a remastered bundle if i'm correct i hope that comes in at like a really reasonable price that you can buy it and play them all like if that comes in at like 60 quid i'm going to be really upset but if that you know falls in between 20 30 dollars i can understand that for the amount of gameplay the fact that it's three games not just one i can understand it but i just hope it doesn't land as like a full price title that's my only concern. We'll have to wait and see at exactly what price that's going to be. Fun fact, you can play the game two ways. You can play it original graphics or with the updated graphics, which I also love. Just like in Master Chief Collection for Halo. That's awesome. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that. So for listeners, that's coming February 14th, 2024. It's a while away yet, so I'm sure we'll see more. But uh, we'll wait and see what happens. Now I have one for you, and I'm going to ask you to blindly give me your thoughts on what you found from the, the Nintendo Direct, and then I'll give you the... the concern i have did you watch princess peach showtime i i did i was actually surprised i think it's the first princess peach game i might be wrong there was super princess peach which was an online jigsaw game that can't count back in two, oh no so it was really super princess peach was a, a platform released back 2005 so not the first one but the first one in a while first one in a long long time yeah you know it looked it looked a bit of fun i don't really know what the main like story is to it but it looked a bit of fun some of the mini games looked entertaining um what did you think um so it, it you know it looked interesting uh, the gameplay weirdly i don't know why it reminded me like mickey mouse's wild adventure as to how it seemed to play like it would you were taking part in obviously a show because it's you know princess peach showtime my only concern is you've got super mario rpg you've got that was mentioned as well we did we won't get into that but you had super mario versus donkey kong which are all puzzle platformers out to rescue save the world and princess peach gets to take part in plays well to be fair, it sounds like a very important play. Uh, I don't know. And it's, I'm not, and you know what, I'm not going to run any kind of particular line on this, but I think it's very much a, a feminized game for necessarily no reason. I think, well, why isn't it just like a strong puzzle platformer as well? Maybe it is. Maybe it's just the Nintendo Direct didn't convey that, but it seems a case of like, you know, Mario saves the world, Princess Peach changes outfits. And I'm like, come on, you can do better than that. That's fair. Do you know what? I I agree. I agree with what you said. And I think it's something we maybe don't hear about too often, especially considering it's only the second Princess Peach game. Mario's been going since the 80s. And it's probably because Charlie's contract ran out. Oh, yeah. He's after, you know, Mario's lost his voice now. And they're like, oh, geez, we need someone new. We need someone to step up. So off you go, Peach. Um, No, it's you're 100% right. There should be a little bit more emphasis on throwing the, the female protagonists into the main spotlight and having them take on some challenging responsibilities like, like saving the world. Like it, it could very well be that way, um, but that's just not how the Nintendo Direct seemed to convey it. So I, I hope it's not just a no risk, no reward game where you just play around. I hope it does have a bit of a, 
urgency to a bit of a save the world. Okay, awesome. One more I wanted to give a, a quick shout out to is from Bone Champ. Speaking about musically themed fun couch co-op games, From Bone Champ allows you to play over 45 different songs across different anthems, marches, classical pieces, electronic music, folk music, and a lot more, and all, allows you to do all this while playing four-player couch co-op. And the way you control the notes is by using the, the gyro sensor in, in the controller, which is a really awesome way to do it and when they showed it with four people it looks fucking hilarious it looks a lot of fun um and the second way you can control it so basically for those wondering what's what's happening on the screen you have i would say you have like singsar style-esque notes coming across at different heights and yeah. different levels so with the, with the with the gyro you can raise the control or lower the control and that will raise the trumpet and lower the trumpet in order to try and hit the note you're looking for so that they're coming across from kind of right to left and you're hitting the notes as the notes go to the left by raising or lowering the controller but there is a second way to do it as Stuart said which is with the infrared sensor, which I've not seen used in any other game. That's what I was going to ask you. Have you ever even, I've never even heard about the infrared sensor. No, I remember there was kind of talk about it when the Switch was released, that it was like, oh, this is an IR sensor. Is this a um, VR feature? Is this a future VR feature? Like, is this built into the controllers oh, in order to okay. allow the Switch to be a VR? And when you think about it, it's the perfect screen to do that with. It is, yeah. And I know they've done it with some of the Nintendo Labo stuff, but it never really came to fruition so it was kind of one of those features that was just there and there was no real understanding of what it was for but now you can use it to play your trumpet by bringing your hand closer or further away from it's really annoying though because it's only on one joy-con it's only on the right ones it's only on the right one which means you'd have to own four pairs of joy-cons to have four player co-op you four i could do that i have i I have have three yeah I don't have four, but anyway, it looks like an awesome game. If you have a little bit of money, but you have some friends that you normally play with, definitely pick it up. It's actually out today, and in Canada, it's it's seventeen dollars, so it's not like too much. I'd say that's a fair reflection of the depth of game that it is. They built their mechanic. Once the mechanic was in there, they added in a certain amount of tracks, and that's it. I don't imagine there's much more outside of that. Probably not, but. You can see it being a bit of fun and you can also test your friends to see who has the steadier hand. But yeah, that's that's about it. Of course, there was a lot more covered at Nintendo Direct, but we don't we don't have time to cover everything. And we also want to talk a little bit. Well, I want to talk a little bit about Sony's state of play because. (laughs) Sorry to go to bed, man. Is it that time already? Look at the time. Oh, go on, head off there. You won't like this bit anyway. I'll just, it's it's grand, it's grand. Um, No, look, it's only state of play. We got to see some big, big name games here. We got to see some new games. Oh, I want to dive in and get your thoughts on everything, but we don't have time to look at everything. So just going to go through the, the biggest parts. Let's jump straight into it. State of play opened with, it It was, it was such a weird note the the game that we've seen and instantly we, we both said it. It was exactly like a Manuel Samuel Octodad walking simulator type game. Yeah, I think walking simulator is the best one to put to it. But, you know, it wouldn't be an episode if I didn't stick it in somewhere. It looks like something fun, something new, something different. So 
I'm for it. Like, it looks a bit weird. I don't know how long the gameplay would be enjoyable for before you'd lose your mind. It looks good. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, basically Octodad, Manuel, Samuel, they're games where you have to use the buttons on the controller to control each limb of the character that you're controlling. So the whole challenge of the game comes from very simple tasks like walking in a straight line or picking up a cup of coffee or walking down the stairs. And this game looks very similar to it. It's putting you in very challenging situations. Like what we've seen first was a guy struggling to walk on a cliffside on a muddy trail. So honestly, I'm totally down for these games. If it's co-op, I'm even more down for it. And we only have to wait till summer next year to find out. Yeah. And just to clarify, the name of the game was Baby Steps, which is, I think, a very apt name. Um, and they have the guy dressed in like a one a onesie kind of thing to make him look a little bit like a baby, but he's a full grown adult. I don't know. There's a really sarcastic part in it where he meets another guy on the cliff and he's like, she's a grappling hook. He's like, yeah, yeah, no bother. I'll use a grappling hook. Just shoot my grappling hook. Yeah, yeah, grappling He clearly doesn't have a grappling hook. <laughs> but it looks fun. And again, I'd like to see more of it before I, I kind of bought it because I don't know that it'll have a long-term enjoyable aspect. But at the same time, it's different. That's true, that's true. And it all depends on what price it's going to be, right? If it's going to be like a, you know, 25, 30 quid kind of deal, you can get behind that if it's a few hours of entertainment. If it's a sixty, seventy, eighty dollar, yeah, we can we can skip that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's got this big campaign that you're like, I really don't fancy doing that. It's it'd be more yeah. of a grind than a, a fun. <laughs> so I hope it's not. But we won't. We won't. We'll see more about it. I think that's summer next year. Summer next year. Yeah. Um, I'll push it on to the next one and. The next one is more just like a, a pause or a warning in, in the situation. I believe Roblox is coming to PlayStation, PS4. You know what? It's a really open world sandbox game. One of the most popular games out there right now. But for anyone who has, you know, kids playing these games, if you think it's innocent, just be very, very careful. Because it's so sandbox, people can create anything. I need to be very, very cautious. But that's all. Other than that. Some really fun games can be made in it. 100%. And yeah, it's going to be cross-play with PlayStation, which means I think it's cross-play with now Android, iOS, PlayStation, Xbox, PC. I don't think there's a platform you can't play this game on. No, I don't think so. And a lot of the games rely on in-game communication, yeah, in-game chat. So just look, be careful. Just be it's, careful. It can be fun. It can be really fun. It can be really creative. It can be really accessible. But just don't think it's a child's game without supervision, please, for the love of God. 100%. Okay, move us on to something a little bit more fun. Well, you know what it's going to be. I'm going to skip half of there. You know what? There's a couple of them we'll come back to. But we, we'll, <laughs> we'll wait on that. There was, some, there was some VR stuff. There was Avatar that looked cheap. It looked like it was made on a PlayStation 2. It looks I look so bad. <laughs> so but, bad. You know what? Stuff those. I don't care. I'm jumping across to Helldivers 2. We got to see gameplay footage of like a mission, an entire mission, which was I have feelings. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna take this one. I'm gonna single single player this one. You can take a backseat. They kept the chaotic feel to it, I will say. From the look of the gameplay, they completely kept the chaotic feel. Now it may have felt a bit more chaotic because they jumped from the player view to each player as the game was playing. Yeah. They've kept the stratagems, they've kept the redeploys, they've kept all that kind of stuff, they kept the friendly fire. It is terrifying. The monsters are huge in compared to you, which when you think about it, 
was about how it was before as well. So I get that. But the, my one concern and the biggest concern I have is how easy it's going to be to keep track of your teammates or how far away from each other you're going to be able to walk. Because on the on the, the, the isometric one in Helldivers 1, you were stuck on the same screen. You couldn't walk off the same screen. Whereas I don't know if the third person shooter is going to have the same restrictions. I don't know. Like that, I just don't want to be a case of you've wandered off to one side of the map and I've wandered off to the other side of the map and suddenly mm. it's a scavenging simulator on your own. You know, I, I don't want that to be the case. I get it, but I also think that just expands the possibilities on ways to approach different missions and different situations. Like what's stopping you from taking off and distracting, you know, the main monster while, you know, me and, and Shem, we clean up the little guys running around. Because I'm good and you're trash, is that it? I'll take the hard stuff and you'll just deal with the easy bits. Take the compliment and move on. <laughs> to be fair, it, it does look good. It looks it looks interesting. I'd be I'm looking forward to playing it. Um, I did like they had like the whole reco- reload the recoilless rifle thing where yes. one player had to reload the gun of the other that player. Was good. I thought that was pretty cool. That And do you know what? It wasn't like a slow press the button, wait for it to finish loading. It was, it was get him instant launch him in there. And like you fired three or four rockets in like four seconds, like easily a rocket a yeah. second. And it was just, it looked fun. It looked fast paced. It was action. It was chaotic. I would say solo, probably a nightmare. Yeah. If the, you're playing that game solo, it reminds me of the difficulty I had playing Deep Rock Galactic solo. If no one's talking to you, you don't know what's happening and you, you can't communicate. You can't coordinate. You're completely, you've, you've no one watching your back. You can't tell if something's coming from behind you and you get caught out really quickly. So I would say this game will rely heavily on communication. So hopefully they make the in-game comms an easy feature and a, a safe feature to use. 100%. I think we, we kind of discussed what it was going to be like when we first heard about the game. Probably a month or two ago now. Before that, we heard that very much close to our first episode. We did. It, it, was, it was very close to the first episode, episode wasn't it? Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. Yeah, look at that. Nice little throwback. But yeah... It's going to heavily rely on communication. It's going to be really interesting to see how they implement it, or if it's just going to be one of those games where it's like you have to play with a group of friends. Um, We did get to see that friendly fire exists and it is as brutal as we anticipated it might be. So all down for that. And we got the news that we've been waiting for, which was the release date, but it also kind of confirmed a little bit of delay on Arrowhead's side, as they had initially anticipated the game to be released this side of New Year's, but it's it's actually going to come out on February 8th, though not too long to wait for. Always a fan of developers holding off if it means that the game gets to be released in its final state or as close to that state as possible. Take all the time you need. But yeah, and, and pre-order starts September 22nd. So for all you fans of Helldivers, I didn't want to call them sheep. So you guys can order on September 22nd. I, You know what? I might... I may end up being a sheeple in that kind of situation okay. for this game specifically. It depends on, I don't know if there's going to be anything offered as a pre-order. If not, I'm not going to. And any kind of, the only reason I might pre-order is so that the money is out of my bank account before it comes around. Just because if I, if it's, you know, two days to payday when it releases or something, I, I could be in trouble. But to be fair to them, they did only announce the release date as end of 2023 it's not like they pushed a specific day back they just said look this is when we aimed for 
we missed it it's going to be this day so they've now pinned it down to a day if it does get delayed again and again i'd be disappointed but i don't think they can be held too accountable for that because there wasn't a specific day given yeah yeah everything is so unpredictable nowadays but yeah that kind of rounds it off um as yeah, as you mentioned, there's a few things unfortunately we didn't get to talk about. We will post the full list of all the games announced at both Nintendo Direct and State of Play on our Instagram and Facebook and Twitter because we've been silent on social media the last little while, so we're going to get back to that. Right, so listen, you got your time. I'm going to steal the limelight for a couple of minutes here and we're going to talk about Spider-Man 2 because Sony saved that for After Helldivers. And they brought us a all new, I want to say it was kind of like a, a reveal trailer. There was, it wasn't just pure gameplay. There was a lot of different aspects of the game that were revealed for the first time, such as, such as Sony finally confirming that the map was indeed going to be twice the size of the first game. Yeah, you're going to be able to travel across all the way to Queens and Brooklyn, which is fantastic. It's going to be awesome. We also, nope, nope. He's trying to talk, guys. I'm just going to deliver this news in, in a pleasant and compact fashion. We also got to see the character switching mechanism, and it is as seamless as it gets. So for those of you who played GTA 5 and had to wait while the camera zoomed out a million times just to zoom back in a million times, you don't have to worry about this game. It was It was in a millisecond. You were swapped from Miles to Peter. It was crazy. It was, and I don't need reminding of GTA, so uh, <laughs> there was no need for that. But it, it it looked quick. It looked quick, to be fair. They said there's going to be a few more recognizable landmarks from each of the characters' backgrounds, which is nice to see. And there's going to be kind of new ways to scan the world and identify new missions and points of interests as well as they disclosed a little bit of information about the the way the missions are going to be based and it really seems like these are going to be more the side quests than anything but essentially when they come through the the spidey scanner for those of you who played the first game some some tasks or requests are going to be specific to one of the two Spider-Men and some are just going to be open to whichever one you feel like playing. Really nice to see. It's given more freedom to the players. We didn't see anything about Venom, which was a little bit sad, but we did see that not only is there going to be a new suit tech system, but they're also going to have over 65 new originally designed suits in the game, which it was about 40 or 50 in the first game. So pretty insane. But yeah, it looks really cool. It looked really cool. And I will say the trailer or whatever you want to call it seemed like a medium to convey what's different, what's new. And it seemed like a way of saying, look, this isn't just the same game with new missions or we haven't just added in, you know, 10 to 15% more content and that's it. The wingsuit looks pretty cool for traveling long distances quicker. There's a lot of stuff like that in, in the entire thing. It was simply what's new. That's really what it was about. And I like the fact that it wasn't just you have a new system where you can see missions. It was there's augmented reality now built into the Spidey suits, which allows you to do this. They're, they address like little reasons for why new mechanics are introduced, which I thought was pretty cool. So I, I like the way they've done it. This is what's new. This is what's changed. This is why it's changed. Come, come and see it. And it was it was well done. Really well done. Yeah. So I'm stoked. This is my game. This is what I've been waiting most of the year for. Hasn't been Baldur's Gate, hasn't been Zelda, hasn't been Starfield. It's been Spider-Man. 
what if we force each other to play the other person's game? What if you have to play at least 10 hours of Helldivers 2 and I have to play 10 hours of Spider-Man? I think we'd both be happy at the end of the day. Yeah, if you wouldn't mind sending me your PlayStation for that one, that'd be real <laughs> sad. Yeah, no bother, no bother. <laughs> Thanks. Um, for our listeners who are wondering, of course, Spider-Man does come out on the 20th of October this year. That is only 34 days away at the time of recording, which is super exciting. Yeah, there wasn't really too much that we missed out on there was there i can't let you see the whole limelight so i'll bring up one last thing before we wrap it up being a nintendo fan i don't know if you noticed a game called foam stars open beta yes i did i did notice this game there's no beating around the bush on this one nope it's splatoon it's splatoon it is splatoon with a new skin and different colors yep that's it instead of paint instead of it's foam. <laughs> it's foam. Instead of octopuses, you're on yeah. uh, surfboards or something. It's, uh, I don't know how they're getting away with it, man. Do you know what did it for me? It was the way you disappear under the foam, the exact same way you go into the paint. As an octopus, yeah. As yeah, an yeah, octopus, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Squids, sorry, they're squids. Squids. It was that. Like, guys, if you haven't seen it, just look it up. If you're a fan of Splatoon, great news for you. <laughs> There's a PlayStation alternative. And it's free to play. And it has an open beta coming this year, which is, um, I, I'm going to give it a go just to see what it plays like, to be honest with you. You got to, you have to see, you got to find out. But way. we were very fortunate today. We got Splatoon 3 in Nintendo Direct this morning, and then we got Splatoon PlayStation <laughs> <laughs> Later on, Splatoon Four, Splatoon Four, uh, Squids Go Human. Like you know, what, as you say, as you said, Stuart, there's a lot of titles in there that we didn't touch off. We scanned over some of them. So check out social media. You'll find all the information there. You'll find the links everywhere. Okay, sweet. Moving on to sales of the week, and Cormac, would you like to kick us off, please, with our Steam sale of the week? Sure, you said my name, but it didn't sound right. I, said, I don't know what happened there. It didn't there. sound right at all. Like I all, don't the, know all the letters were there, but it was like they were in the wrong order <laughs> so or something. But uh, look, it's I've been called worse. I've been called worse. Without... Uh, Let's just jump into it then. So for Steam this week, we actually have one that we've seen before and is kind of a bit of a talking point right now, which is Red Dead Redemption 2. That comes to, I believe, is it 67% off as well? Um, which is, I don't know, must be a preferred number over at, uh, is it Take-Two? Yeah, it is. Yeah, over at Take-Two. Must be a preferred number. But for those that, that game on pc and now's probably the time to get it especially if you're getting some uh, inkling to to replay it after seeing the red dead one come out probably now's the time to get 100%. it for there okay moving on from red dead we have for playstation this week we have spyro the reignited trilogy and this is on sale for 14 euros or 19 dollars Essentially, for any of you who haven't played it, it's the original trilogy of Spyro remastered for PlayStation 4, I believe it was. And it's just pure nostalgia. If you grew up playing Spyro like I did, you're going to love it. It's it's beautifully remade. It's just simple, plain platform fun. So be sure to check it out. I've played that. I've played that. I actually have it on the Xbox and I played through some of her. It's a really fun game to sit down and just chill. 
not not intense no pressure just relax and um, but as you know we're we're always going to be a fan of spire oh, i i'm gonna i'm gonna whip it out from underneath you and i'm gonna get going on xbox this week we actually have a bit of an unusual one it's hot wheels unleashed oh, yeah. which is 749 euros and ten dollars and four cents in canadian <laughs> i don't know what that's about but it, you know what it reminds me of like the the old micro machine yes. games it's not quite but you, you're again you are hot wheels cars on a hot wheels racetrack bit of kind of tabletop fun miniaturized vehicles in a, in a large scale world i haven't played a huge amount of it there's a lot of customization the cars seem to be like um loot boxes yes. though so just be careful of that they seem to be blind pulls yeah. even which is obviously a frustration because you'd rather just buy the car you want but outside of that play with play with it play with a toy crash it up a little bit zero consequence fun zero consequence fun that's a nice way of putting it yeah it's a lot of fun it's a it's a fun arcade racer it plays really nicely on next gen consoles and yeah it has online mode to it i don't know how popular it's going to be but it's it's a good bit of fun if that's and that's for, for an arcade racer it looks well it does look it really good look like a cheap build so we'll we'll be fair to that exactly take it away what have we got for nintendo switch this week we have the sinking city and this is on sale it is huge discount it's down from $70 to $9.44 in Canadian or €7.49 in Euros. Basically, it's an action-adventure game that is inspired by the works of H.P. Lovecraft. And for you, those of you who don't know who H.P. Lovecraft is, basically a horror fiction author. And so very dark horror type game set in the mid 1920s in the United States. Basically, you're a private investigator and you're searching for the truth on what has possessed the city and corrupted its citizens. It's a game I kind of seen a little bit about when it first came out a couple of years ago, and I really haven't heard too much about it since. I don't know whether it's good or whether it's bad but i don't actually know how it plays on on the switch either because this would have been a console release as well but like again for that price you're getting a full big game out of it i would say it was released i believe june 2019 for main consoles and then it didn't come out until september 19 on switch so it definitely had to be ported and i don't know if that is going to have ported over particularly well because from the looks of the i've not played this from the looks of the screenshots and the videos it does look to be a graphically nice game and i don't know if the switch is going to handle the dark scenes too well one of the biggest issues i have on the switch in in these type type of almost horror dystopian games is it doesn't have the backlight for the yeah. dark scenes obviously the oled switch won't have that problem but the original switch is like when you play dark souls on it it's too dark in some cases i will say from reviews of the game it's i think it was um grimdark magazine but it was a flawed but fun game and their biggest caveat or biggest problem with it is not really knowing what you're doing at the start and they they said that it's hard it's hard to maybe understand what you're supposed to do or it's not necessarily fully clear that's not going to be specific to switch but just bear in mind you might need to do a bit of research if you do get it in order to get past the first couple of hurdles and get yourself going that's all for this week so thanks to everyone for tuning in but what we've actually managed to do is get a little bit back on top of ourselves in terms of podcast planning so what we're trying to do is actually make sure that we know what the topic is for next week's episode so for next week it's actually going to be mobile gaming and that is gaming on your mobile not on the go which you'll find out how there was some confusion there but tune in next week to join us for that you can find us as usual on twitter at console at 
Instagram, Console Chronicles Podcast, or Facebook, Console Chronicles Podcast as well. And you can contact us directly by email at info.consolechronicles.net, which we got a very strange email this week by Carlos trying to give us information so thank you very much Carlos, for tuning in but it's bye for me and it's bye for me thank you guys for 10 episodes and we'll catch you for number 11 next week <laughs> <laughs>